You're listening to The Humaning Podcast with real conversations as we call bullshit on everything capitalism, the patriarchy, and white supremacy culture has duped us into believing about self-care, mental health, fitness, wellness, and all things life. I am Steph Galante, and I created this show to support badass people doing solidarity work in pursuit of disrupting these systems in their lives and communities. Together, we'll discuss how systems of oppression are keeping us unwell and disconnected from ourselves and each other, and how to best support you in creating more aligned self-care practices that will help you human more easily. It's the shit we need to talk about. Hey, hey, friend. If you're listening to this early in the day on Tuesday, June 20th, when it airs, please consider joining me for tonight's summer community circle at 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time, 4.15 p.m. Pacific Time. It is the only community circle for the summer, and registration will be open right up until the start time. We'll be coming together to open space to listen to what our being is needing for the summer and using summer's pitta, that fiery energy, to set an intention for how we will honor our deep needs through committed action because Pitta Energy freaking loves committed action. Remember that sliding scale pricing is offered along with a free option and you can save your spot at stephcalante.com slash community dash circle and the link is in the show notes. Please invite your friends to come along with you and I hope to see you tonight and if you missed it, I'm so sorry. We will be doing another one in the fall. You can see me then. All right, so let's jump into today. Summer begins this week. If you're listening on or after Wednesday the 21st, then summer's officially here in the Northern Hemisphere. And I'd like to know, how are you feeling about all of this? Which emoji most represents you as summer nears or as summer begins? Is it the smiley face with the sunglasses? Is it the red sweaty face? Is it the red cursing face? (laughs) Something else? Is it the melting face? For me, mostly it is the um, sunglasses smiley emoji. But I'll be honest, the last few weeks within my household have been a freaking whirlwind with all of my kids and my teacher husband's end of the school year activities and events. Oh my gosh. I'm always so grateful that my school year teaching at Rutgers ends at the beginning of May. So my brain cells have a few weeks to renew before all of this whirlwind circus things. And the week that this episode airs, my my kids are actually in school Monday to Wednesday. So our family's official start to summer is approximately 12.35 p.m. on Wednesday after my little one um, finishes first grade. And I've got so many feelings about that, uh, but I'll spare you because that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> but I got to say, I do love summer. And it's no wonder because... I am Vata dominant and uh, closely followed by Pitta dominance. And so they love summer, Um, but I can overheat pretty quickly and also get exhausted pretty quickly. So what we're going to be talking about today, um, I can't wait for you to hear all the information because learning everything that we're going to talk about today has been a complete change maker for me um, in how I 
experience the summer, how I approach the summer, and most importantly, how summer resources me for the rest of the year. And you know, that's my focus, right? Every single day we talk, it's not just about, you know, balancing and resourcing for today. It's about for all the days to come. So enough about me. The shit we need to talk about this week is live in tune with your nature, with nature, with your nature, and quit freaking bypassing yourself. And you know I say that with love. Lots of purple emojis follow that statement. (laughs) Thanks to capitalism and white supremacy culture, you know, always the culprits, many of us are master self-bypassers. We've had no choice based on the sheer speed and expectation of capitalism. And when it comes to the oppression of white supremacy culture on folks with marginalized identities, we are not afforded the time, the space, or resources to easily or completely tend to ourselves. So I do want to name that. You know that I do not at all ignore that. And this nothing that I ever talk about is with that pie in the sky kind of attitude. I always want to name it though, even if I sound like a broken record, because I want you to always know that that is top of mind for me. But the thing is, And also, since these systems are not stopping, they're not slowing down anytime soon, we have got to find a way to start showing up for ourselves that makes significant impact so that we have the resource that we need to live, thrive, and have the capability to continue the work of disrupting and dismantling. Period. It's a non-negotiable, friends. It really is. Now, in the last episode, I offered a brief Ayurveda 101 deep dive and was talking about how the foundation of Ayurvedic wisdom is in the five elements of nature, air, ether, which is space or spirit, fire, water, and earth. Now, two of these elements and their characteristics come together to form a dosha or energy of which there are three. Vata dosha is composed of air and ether elements, again, either being space or spirit, and its characteristics include light, mobile, cold, amongst many others. Pitta dosha is composed of fire and water elements, and its characteristics include hot, sharp, and light, again, amongst others. Kapha dosha is composed of water and earth elements, and its characteristics include heavy, slow, cool, again, amongst others. (laughs) The doshas are all present all around us and within us. They govern each season. The different chapters Um, of time of day, our personality, physiology, and so much more. And in last week's episode, I shared multiple times, (laughs) multiple times. If you came back for this week, thank you. I'm so glad you're here. Despite my constant reminder that I cannot say enough about knowing your dosha or energetic dominance and aligning your self-care practices accordingly, as well as being able to identify when imbalances arise, meeting yourself there with practices that balance them, and also honoring how the season's energy lands within you all because the ease you seek honestly resides in this knowledge. It does. And I know it sounds like a lot. It it may sound like something that you do not have enough bandwidth or capacity for, but my friends... 
please let me tell you from my own experience of being in the depths of burnout, the depths of grief, also understanding too that my social location, my experiences, my proximity to power and privilege and advantage are different from yours, right? So I'm not saying all things are equal here, but having been in the depth of burnout, the depth of grief all at the same time, let me tell you how coming to this knowledge in the midst of that was the fucking game changer for me. And so I tell you this because I've been there. I can't say I've been where you are, but I have been in this depth, deep, dark place. And now my life is so much different. It helped me to heal from the burnout, begin to break the cycle, and not for good because I feel like the cycle shows up in different areas of our life, but begin to break the cycle in different areas of my life and also begin to kind of process grief so that it didn't have such a deep hold on me anymore. And I figured not a way around it, not, you know, so that it didn't exist anymore, but I figured out a way to exist with it. Now, I could say so much more, <laughs> but I want to stay focused. So when it comes to the doshas, In terms of our human being, we each have one or two doshas that are dominant with the third one less dominant but still present. So the doshas, those three energies are always around. They are within us. But one or two are more dominant than the third or than the other two. Remembering I said that the doshas govern our physiology, our physical characteristics, our personality traits, as well as our mental constitution. A reminder for you, friend, that there is an elemental reason you are so beautifully the way you are, who you are, and why you are that way, you know, besides nurture. And you are different from others, including blood relatives, because of your dosha dominance and the way it plays out in you. Remember I said last week, you and a sibling, you and a cousin, you and a parent could both be vata dominant, but the way it is expressed in you might be different from that person. So um, it is really important to understand your dosha dominance because it, it just gives you an answer for all the reasons why you are the way you are and um, why you are not certain ways. And it's okay, right? Also, it's important to understand your dosha dominance, like what it is naturally And also what it is currently, because also it's common to be living out of balance with your natural natural dosha dominance. And the reason it's important to know, you know, what your natural dominance is and be able to identify right now where you are is because everything that we do will either energetically create more peace within us or aggravate us. And I don't mean aggravate as in like frustrate or be annoying. I mean like aggravate, like literally aggravate your system. And when I say everything we do, I mean everything from eating, drinking to our schedule of when we do things and how and with whom, exercise, sleep, relaxing, literally everything. So my friend, this I'm saying in caps, bold, 200 size font, living in alignment with your natural energy is of the utmost importance. 
And since I can't hear your reactions, I'm going to infer that you might be wondering what your dosha dominance is. Now, there are Ayurvedic doctors and practitioners who are trained to determine this for you using your personal information. And you may come across some quizzes online which can give you you know, like some pretty good information, but I always suggest working with a trained professional. And since you and I are not together presently, and I can't do it for you, like over a podcast, um, I'll share some general information that will give you an idea. But again, I caution you that this isn't absolute. It's just general. And I encourage you to get with a professional, whether that's me or someone else to help you along so that you really have, you know, definitive information. So generally speaking, Vata dominant people, these are people whose dominant energy comes from air and ether elements. Their personality tends towards creative, flexible, possibly easily worried, a tendency even towards prolonged anxiousness. They typically feel cold or cool. They may have an affinity for light, dry, crunchy foods like crackers, salad, raw vegetables. And when ill, they may suffer more from stomach issues or headaches. Generally speaking, pitta dominant people, those whose dominant energy comes from fire and water, their personality tends towards passionate, ambitious, competitive qualities. The type A, quote unquote, type A personality. CEOs and people in top leadership positions tend to be pitta dominant. And also pitta dominant people are easily angered. They typically run hot and may have an affinity for spicy food, and when ill, they may suffer more so from fevers. Generally speaking, kapha-dominant people, those whose dominant energy comes from water and earth, well, their personality tends towards easygoing, calm, patient, loyal, even resistant to change, sometimes unmotivated, and also easily saddened. They love to be under the blankets, may have an affinity for rich and heavy foods. Overall, when it comes to health though, kapha dominant people usually do not get sick very often. They're very sturdy people. However, when they are ill, they may suffer more so from like colds, like mucusy type stuff. Now, I'm saying all this so that maybe you might recognize like, oh, that's probably me, I think. So that way you can kind of get a gauge for kind of where you are. And again, I encourage you to work with someone that can help you along even more because the reason that it's important to really have a sound understanding of what is dominant within you is because you need to know that in order to restore balance, in order to properly support yourself. Now, Ayurveda wisdom teaches us that like increases like and opposites balance. What that means is we are going to have a natural affinity towards what feels good to us and what we like and doing it as much as possible. But there is such a thing as too much of a good thing. So we have to make sure that we are consistently also bringing in opposing energy to keep us balanced and not waiting until we are completely out of balance to do that. So for Vata dominant folks, right, the people who are naturally like mobile, flexible, creative, maybe easily anxious or worried, feeling unsettled, it isn't always important to include practices that are grounding and stabilizing and warming. For Pitta dominant folks, those who are more fiery in nature, it is um, ambitious, 
competitive. It's important to include practices that are cooling, not just like ice and air condition. We'll talk more about what that means, as well as playful and leisurely. And for kapha dominant folks, those who are more calm, slow moving, slow going, it is important to include practices that are warming because you might tend towards being cool as well, as well as uplifting, mobile, and even spontaneous. Now, Part of the reason why so many of us who were raised in American culture, part of the reason why we are walking around dysregulated, besides living through ongoing traumatic experiences, because let's name that shit show, it's because in America, health and success looks one way. And we are taught and pushed towards doing things that one way at any and all cost. We are taught differences in personality, likes and dislikes, and any other traits other than what is deemed healthy and successful are bad and it's bullshit. What's worse, and I've said this numerous times, we are taught from a young age to bypass ourselves and look outside of ourselves for validation and information about ourselves. And often when we tune in, the messaging we are receiving from our being is not in line with what we see and hear in society or from our adults who are guiding us. So we ignore ourselves or worse, we gaslight ourselves, telling ourselves we should be different, less of this and more of that. And because of this constant confusion, eventually some of us end up not tuning in at all. So friend, some of us are walking around literally not knowing how to tune into ourselves, scared to to tune into ourselves. We don't have the skill to really tune in and listen or meet ourselves with confidence to, you know, to to support our needs and desires until literally we have no choice because sickness or disease or something awful happens that forces us to face ourselves. And friend, I just don't want that for you at all or anymore. So let me say this. It is time to really understand yourself so that you can restore balance. It is time to live in tune with your nature and with nature outside your door. And this is Ayurveda's first pillar of self-care. So my friend, it is time to quit bypassing and or gaslighting yourself and tune into what you need and desire and begin meeting yourself there to establish harmony. This way, you'll be in a more regulated state, period, and also be able to maintain a regulated state or a more or more easily re-regulate yourself when it comes to the needs and demands of the rest of your life, like your work, your relationships, everything, everything else, period. (laughs) Now, of course, we're going into summer. And so when it comes to summer, summer is giving us heat, fire, light, and intense energy, thanks to pitta energy being dominant. Don't forget, though, the subtle energy of vata dosha giving us expansive and mobile vibes to just make things very interesting. Vata and pitta energies feed off of one another. It can be good, but it can also (laughs) just be way too fucking much. So in the summer, due to Pitta's hot, sharp, intense energy, it's going to be important to do three things to balance that, especially for those of you who are Vita, Vita, oh my gosh, Vata or Pitta dominant or experiencing that dominance now. Number one, keep cool through our self-care practices 
Remember last week I said, rather than relying on the shade or air condition, if you're advantaged to have access to it. Number two, be mellow overall and mentally. And third, remain grounded, stable, and well-resourced. The most important practice though is a mindful awareness of early signs of imbalance, especially due to heated discussions or situations that get your blood boiling, as they say. What is really balancing for summer is this vibe that I shared with you last week. Maintenance, sustain, preserve, and slow and steady wins the race. For those of you who are Pitta dominant, I'll say it again, right? You're driven, go-getter, natural leader, competitive. This balancing vibe of maintenance, sustain, preserve, and slow and steady wins the race may sound completely ludicrous. I get it. Like I said last week, I get it. Remember my offering to lean on the fifth niyama, isvara pranidhana, which translates to surrendering to a higher power or higher self for support. Because if you really are surrendering to your, opening yourself to, to your highest self, then you know what you need to do. There's no question. There's no bypassing. There's no gaslighting. There's no question. It's, it's, this is what I need, period, in the end, to maintain balance and also maintain you being able to use that natural energy for good. So my friend, I've got three steps to help you to enjoy summer sweetness, all the goodness, the light and the heat and the intensity gives us, while also leaning into the balancing vibe, right? Keeping cool, mellow, remaining grounded, stable, well-resourced, you know, maintenance, sustaining, preserving, and slow and steady wins the race. So the good place to start, the first place is meeting your most basic needs in real time. That means when you need a bio break, as in using the bathroom, go and relieve yourself. Do not type one more email, one more paragraph, or one more text. Go. And when your body is telling you it's hungry leading up to mealtime, then eat. When you're getting signals that you're tired, overwhelmed, stressed, getting frustrated, or anything other than at ease, excuse me, take a moment and care for yourself. Think about this. Think about your animal baby or a little child. Sometimes they kind of come to you for a snuggle and then they go, they leave you and they go about their business. They keep it moving. Sometimes we adults need the same thing. We've got to soothe ourselves for a moment, re-regulate quickly, and then just keep it moving back to business. Sometimes we need it to be longer than others. But we are the same. You know your fur babies do that. You know if you have children are around children, they do the same thing. We are no different once we turn into adults. Or, and humans are no different than animals in that way. And meeting yourself there, right, in those small times of need, in small moments, in small ways, it has huge benefits. It does wonders in the long run. It can really nip future dysregulation in the bud. And work and the work, the work that you don't want to interrupt by going to the bathroom or stopping for a meal and the people who get the brunt of your dysregulation, they all, your work, these people, they will all benefit from you doing what you need to, to be regulated and clear headed. Period. <laughs> now. Once you've got the practice of meeting yourself in the moment, not bypassing your very natural needs, you can consider the next step, which is creating a daily rhythm for yourself. And this, my friends, this practice is the foundation of Ayurveda self-care. Here's why. 
The habits you perform throughout the day and the schedule you keep for your self-care practices are important for creating a foundation to keep yourself resourced mentally, emotionally, physically, and energetically day to day and throughout the day. Yes, we are talking about a routine, but not one of rigidity that is fueled by robotic actions that you just check off the list to say you did it, but rather these are mindful choices based on how you're feeling, what you need in the moment, and that align with the energy of the day and you. Essentially, this is a way to create and maintain harmony so that when life lifes and the schedule goes out the window, you've got a framework to come back to because the reality is life is going to like, life is going to like, life is going to life. But we establish this framework so that we everything doesn't just go off the rails completely and totally. And then we have to put ourselves back together again. You don't have to rebuild it every time. It's there. It stays. Now, my friends, we talk about in, in the circles that I hold, we talk about daily rhythm every single season. It is that important to spotlight four times a year. And this month we're talking about it because Ayurveda science and wisdom encourages us to create a lifestyle of balance with mindful actions and conscious effort of creating harmony with nature and adjusting your practices as the seasons change. We are in a month of seasonal change. So it's important to know what is in place that works for you and areas that need more support to set a strong foundation for summer that will allow your well-being to do what we're asking. Keep cool, grounded, energized without overdoing it and so that you can head into fall feeling stable and resourced. So my question to you is what does your daily rhythm look like from start to finish? And there's no judgment here. What works, what doesn't, what needs more support? And maybe you're like, I don't have one at all. That's okay. Now, Ayurveda Science offers us a pretty awesome general daily rhythm guide to establish harmony within ourselves and with the energy of the day. Before I get into the guide, I want to be sure to share an important piece of knowledge. Just like the sun and moon energy cycles through the day, so does the energy of the doshas. In the span of 24 hours, each dosha is dominant for four hours at a time and goes through two cycles in the day. I'll explain more. Okay, I'm going to lay it out for you. So vata time of day is from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. During this time, the veil of dawn, as it's sometimes called, um, you know, the the mobile energy flows to allow elimination from all of the overnight digestion and cell regeneration, um, you know, to kind of happen. And that's why you might have to wake up to pee during these hours. You might feel a little cool and notice that you're, you know, pulling the blankets up. Ayurveda guides us to wake up at or by 6 a.m. with the sun to tap into vata energy, dust off that sleepiness, create clarity in our mind, get the body moving and prepare for the day. Now, kapha time begins at 6 a.m., so it's important in most seasons to be up and moving by then to avoid the stickiness of kapha energy to take hold and keep us in better snoozing. In the wintertime, we can stay in bed a little longer, but uh, most other seasons, we're up and at them, out of bed, moving along, 6 a.m. But remember, friends, this is not where we start frantically, you know, going top speed. We take our time to engage in self-love rituals, self-care rituals, breathing, meditation, journaling, imagery for the day. That might be some movement for yourself, exercise, 
and then eating breakfast between 7 and 10, 7 and 10, oh my gosh, 7 and 8 a.m. And this is something that's small to medium size. Between the hours of 6 and 10 a.m. during kapha time, take advantage of this energy by doing projects that require endurance of the mind. Remember, kapha energy is steady, stable. Some people ask me, like, what are um, projects that require endurance of the mind? Well, that's only you can decide that because what requires endurance of mind for me is different for you. You can have a snack if needed between 9 and 10 a.m. And this is where kapha time ends. Pitta time begins then at 10 a.m., runs till 2 p.m. And during this four-hour window, four window, it is your time of greatest productivity. So for some people, they may run errands. Um, this is when they find that they're kind of getting lots of tasks done. Also, lunch should happen in this period, somewhere between 12 and 1. And here's the thing, friends. Lunch should be ideally the largest meal of the day. Here's why. Between the hour of 12 and 1 o'clock, your digestive fire is highest, just like the sun is highest. And I know that this goes against the American culture way of having a larger dinner than lunch. And I know in American culture, it's also common for people to skip lunch altogether for a variety of reasons. But the problem with skipping lunch, besides the mental, emotional, energetic fallout of being hangry, is that you'll probably overeat at dinner. And the issue with having a large dinner is that it can be hard to digest completely before bed. And if you're not completely digested before bed, then, excuse me, the energy that is put towards digesting your day and regeneration of cells, that's inhibited. Um, and, and those actions only happen at night and sleep gets interrupted then. Usually our body takes four to six hours to completely digest a meal. So having your largest meal in the middle of the day uses the digestive fire at its highest and ensures you'll be fully digested by dinner time or at least by sleep time. Now, vata time comes back around from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. During this time, you might have a snack if you need it. And when I say snack, I don't mean like snacky foods. Um, Like, you know, in American culture, we call like chips and things like that snacks. Um, This might be fruit. It might be vegetables. Obviously, I'm not hating on chips or anything like that. But um, I just want to create that uh, delineation with what I'm talking about. Something that you could have for a snack as opposed to a meal. And from 2 to 6 p.m. during Vata time, you'll, you can take advantage of that Vata energy by doing something creative or tackling problems because Vata dominance is, Vata energy is great for um, problem solving. Dinner may happen between 5.30 and 7, so it could span the time between Vata and Kapha time. And remember, dinner is a medium-sized meal. So Kapha time comes back around from 6 to 10 p.m., during which time it's great to exercise if you want to kind of balance out that energy or lean into it by beginning your evening wind down and your evening rituals. I've talked a lot about what winding down looks like and I'll talk about it in coming episodes, but remember, just starting to slow the pace down, lean into the sweetness of slowing down, maybe prepare for the next day. I'll talk more about this in coming episodes. And then, um, you know, you're doing some self-love rituals right before bedtime and asleep by somewhere between 10 p.m. and 12 a.m., depending on the season, 10 to 11 in the summertime. Now, my friends, I know it's a lot. I just said a lot. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, not to worry. Stay with me because remember, support is always here for you in my mentorship program, the Holistic Self-Care Collective. And we always start with a personalized self-care plan, which takes all of this general information that I discussed here 
and specifies it to you for your needs, desires, bandwidth, capacity, and resource and responsibilities. Establishing a daily rhythm is the foundation of the work I do with each one-on-one client. And if you're not ready to work with me one-on-one, here's a way to get yourself started with daily rhythm. What are Ask yourself, what are one to three areas of focus for you within this daily rhythm guide this summer? How could this or these shifts benefit you? And maybe even consider what does this area of focus, this shift or these shifts, if you're choosing more than one, how do these do these relate to your need, your vow, your sankalpa that you express for this season? We talked about this a couple episodes ago. I'm just curious if there's a connection here or not. But once you kind of have pinpointed one to possibly three areas of focus within daily rhythm, I want you to start very slow and small. Choose one step. You could start with the step that's easiest. Take that step daily as often as you can, maybe three to five times a week, depending on what it is, obviously, if it makes sense to do that. And get it set. Get it set as a habit over the next few weeks and settled with it before adding another step to your process. Okay, so start slow and small always because you want to begin creating space for it, let it settle, let it sit, let everything else kind of get settled around it before you then add in another step because adding another step takes energy, time, space, et cetera, resources, whether that's money, help from others, you know, even just the ways you have to adjust yourself. Now, for those of you who already have a daily rhythm in place or are wanting to go a little deeper within your understanding, your consideration, here's another consideration for you. And this is something I shared with my clients in the Holistic Self-Care Collective. Are your daily rhythm, schedule, and responsibilities different in the summer? Maybe slower, more leisurely, or less rigid, more spontaneous? How do you feel, here's another question, how do you feel going into the fall or the month when your daily rhythm, your schedule and responsibilities go back to normal slash are more rigid slash are more overwhelming? So for instance, for me, um, my, my business is running all year round, but with teaching at Rutgers, I go back to that in September. My kids go back to school in September. My husband goes back to teaching in September. So for us... August is still summer, but we go right back in right after Labor Day to the rigorous go, 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 all the things. And so August is very much a transitional time for us, but what I do is something I'm about to offer you. Here it is. If your summer is quite different from the rest of the year, like for summer here in our house, nobody's in school right? My husband and I still work. The kids are in camps and have activities and stuff, but we don't have to, the the responsibilities are so much less. And so for us, we very much can enjoy a slower, more leisure, spontaneous vibe, right? And so I encourage you to, in the ways that you can, lean into that for summer, right? Lean into whatever about summer is different than the rest of the year for you. And also, Create a framework for your daily rhythm that is not too different from the rest of the year so that you don't spend, and I'm saying this in in big ass capital letters, so that you don't spend the last few weeks of your precious summer giving up your joy, agonizing over going back to the grind or feeling smacked in the face when everything starts up again. So for me, 
we still get up pretty much at the same time. I mean, and I think that that's easier because my kids aren't late sleepers, but we still eat breakfast mostly at the same time. Like we still have established eating periods. Um, there's always like a rest period at some point in the day. My kids don't nap anymore, but quiet time. And I still do have a morning rhythm. I have an evening rhythm. And so that framework is established and it mean and I mean I maintain it all year round. Obviously it changes day to day or week to week depending on what we've got going on. But it doesn't just get thrown out the window. And that's the key. And the thing is, what I find is for people who are deep in burnout, if their schedule changes, I see this a lot, no offense, with teachers, like K to 12 teachers, because life for teachers is fucking bonkers right now. And so I see a lot of, a lot of teachers just throw everything out the window because their work day, their day from start to finish is just so deeply scheduled and so much not their own that in the summer, they're like, fuck it, I'm not doing anything that I don't want to do. I'm throwing out the schedule. There's no rigorousness and there's no rigidity. And here's the thing, I don't want it to be rigid. But just like if you ever had an, a, a pet, especially like a dog, I don't really know how cats work, but dogs, like they get used to their their schedule. They want to, they eat at a certain time. They poop at a certain time. They pee at a certain time. They know their leisurely walk or their playtime. I mean, we need the same thing. We do need that. It's okay to throw it out the window for a week or a day here and there, but not for the entire summer. Because inevitably, like how you might get the Sunday scaries, that shit happens in July for those who head back to their regular schedule in August and happens in August for those who head back in September. It does. So my friends, I encourage you, I implore you, please maintain a daily rhythm throughout the summer that is not too different from or at least the framework of it is not too different from the rest of the year. Now, here's a mindset shift I'm going to offer you. Instead of I'm going to squeeze every bit of goodness out of summer because I waited nine long ass months for this <laughs> and I'll need all the goodness I can I can get heading back into like fall, real life, the grind, whatever your word is. Shift that to I'm going to enjoy summer with an awareness and reverence for myself and this season's gifts and also use this time to set a foundation that I can rely on and will resource me for the rest of the year because remember, end of the year burnout is real. Now, my friend, remember in general for summer, anytime you feel under-resourced or unsure of how to care for yourself, remember the vibe of summer, right? Enjoy the sweetness, allow yourself to have fun and be playful, but also the balancing that is maintain, sustain, and preserve. And the three keys for summer harmony are to keep cool physically and emotionally, enjoy being mellow and relaxing, be grounded, stable, and at ease, and do something that supports that connection between those things, right? There, And this especially is more so for vata and pitta dominant people. Kapha dominant people, those who are like easygoing, cool in nature, they can benefit from leaning into summer's heat intensity and vata's mobile nature. But in excess, vata and pitta dominant people, summer can be quite aggravating. So this leads me to my last offering of support for living in tune with your nature and with nature and stop bypassing yourself is please pause, slow down more. If you find that in the summer, your go, go, go speed is at the max, you're taking advantage of all the daylight and doing all the things, and especially if you're Bata and Pitta dominant, 
please, of course, enjoy it. But consider the leg increases like and opposites balance. I cannot say enough for the need to pause and slow down so that you do not exhaust or overheat yourself. Grounding, relaxing, engaging in rest practices. These will be essential daily. And I will cover more about this in the episodes that are coming. Okay. Also paying attention to how you're feeling in the morning when you wake up adjusting your morning practices accordingly are going to be important. This might be in including slow and grounding practices if you're feeling unsettled with when vata energy is high or if you're feeling hot and intense with pitta energy high, moving slowly, doing practices that release the heat and doing something playful or lighthearted will be key. Same thing goes though goes for throughout the day and in the evening as well. In the coming episodes, I'm going to dive into the rest of Ayurveda's pillars for self-care for this, and, and with a summer focus. And these include strengthening your digestive power, which we talked a little bit about that today already, uh, colorful and flavorful nourishment, exercise, yoga practices, taking it easy and abundant and restful sleep. So stay tuned for all that goodness. And before we say goodbye, consider how can you use the teachings I offered today um, to human more easily? What comes f- up for you? when it comes to these teaching and how can you use these teaching to support and uplift those in your community, especially those who are different from or hold identities more marginalized than your own? How can you use the teachings to connect more authentically and deeply to your community and begin to move toward mass mutual reliance and away from Western cultures, individualism society? Don't forget my friends, Information about the upcoming collaboration that I have, the Disruptors Leadership Academy with my friend and colleague, Abby Olabala. The information, by the time this episode airs, has opened to the people on the interest list and will be shared with the public this Thursday. So friend, if you consider yourself a disruptor or an aspiring disruptor, check out the information. We'll be releasing it to our um, email newsletters, uh, um, lists and um, also you'll find things on social media my friends check out the information we are bringing the world this program for leaders professionals those who are committed to our disrupting oppressive systems in their work and care to have a space that is desperately needed in my opinion where like-minded disruptors come together to share to learn unlearn relearn to care for themselves in a manner that will support their labor and heal. And there's an early bird registration offer, so you don't want to miss that. Until next time, my friend, please be kind and gentle to yourself, just as you would to those who are most precious to you, whether that's a human, an animal baby, or a plant. I always love to hear from you. So please reach out. I cannot say this enough. I love, love, love to hear from those of you who reach out to me and let me know what resonated, what sparked some thoughts, anything that you want to know more about, something you want to argue with me about, (laughs) anything. So please reach out, share your thoughts. Please share the episode if it resonates with your nearest and dearest. And also, if you are so inclined, I would love it if you would leave a rating or a review wherever it is that you listen. Now, my friend, remember you are a badass and you are enough. Go be your favorite self and be well. Humaning is a production of Steph Galante Self-Care, LLC. The show is produced by me, Steph Galante. You can find blog posts of some of the episodes on the episode page at stephgalante.com slash podcast, along with the transcript of today's episode and any other resources I shared today. 
If you're ready to create more aligned practices for yourself, head to stephgalante.com to learn more about creating a personalized self-care plan within the Holistic Self-Care Collective and coaching with me. You are a badass and you are enough. See you next time. Be well.